So you good guys or bad guys? Depends on the century. So we really never die. Just because we keep living doesn't mean we stop hurting. <laughs> Throughout history, we've protected this world, fighting in the shadows. But it's nearly impossible to disappear in the world we live in today. Would you like me to take one for you? Oh, thank you so much. There you go. Thank you. Uh, man, dude, what we do in the shadows got dark! <laughs> Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Brian Brushwood, and and my goodness, I, I if I had to place a money bet on what type of supernatural creatures these are, I I, I wouldn't have an answer for you. Uh, Bryce, can you elucidate a bit on this? They don't really say what the uh, what what the heroes of Netflix's The Old Guard are, but they are mercenaries who have the ability to survive death. Uh, this is a n upcoming movie coming July 10th with Charlize Theron. Uh, and in a modern world, someone wants to monetize their mutant power. I just want to. I just want to see. So like, I'm so into this. I'm so into this. <laughs> An ancient society of people who survive death that guard the world. A, a modern surveillance powered data driven tech threat. And Charlize Theron. Uh, uh, what, what are you going to do when they smash cut over to Matt Berry saying like the thing about being immortal is that it's completely awesome at all times. That's what <laughs> we're doing think. The Brian told told me. Never mind. To yeah, okay. All right. Hey, we are joined by the equally awesome Meryl Barr of uh, uh, man. What do you want us to promote, Meryl? Cleavy, 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 cleavy. That's his catchphrase. Uh, no, uh, Twitch.tv slash Meryl Barr is where you're putting your energy these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, War Texas is over, and I've been doing a bunch of other stuff. I, you know, I've been working on a TV show right now. Uh, we got a few more weeks than that. Can't talk about it. Secret thing. Um, that's the only thing I can say about it. But I was like, also, uh, you know, we had a pandemic happen. Mm. And so I didn't I was notice. Sort of about that. <laughs> so I, for I was one, my, didn't notice. Was, it's me, Matt I, Berry, the co-host of, sorry. And I was stuck at home a lot, uh, you know, because, you know, we basically switched to being a Zoom writer's room on the TV show I'm working on. So uh, I suddenly had a lot of downtime. And I was like, I really would like to put this energy somewhere. And so uh, I was like, fuck it, let's start a Twitch channel. And it started by just doing live watches of movies. There's me watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, and I got a green screen. And we made a Twitch part uh, affiliate, not partner, God, I wish. We made a Twitch affiliate. Um, so I'm making a little money on it. So seeing where it goes. And right now I'm pretty much, I've, I've decided right now I'm just doing a stream every Saturday, 2 p.m. Pacific or 4 p.m. Pacific if I'm teaming, if I'm teaming up with uh, Junkwood Cinema for stuff. Um, but just screwing around, see what happens. So, so yeah, twitch.tv slash Meryl Barr. What's our primary target? Ah, <laughs> uh, folks, another big day in streaming happening this week. Uh, Wednesday, May 27th. It's the launch of HBO Max, which gives you HBO plus a lot of other content from Warner Media. Uh, so you've got HBO in there, you've got TNT, TBS, uh, Warner Studios, all the DC movies, for example, uh, some originals made just for HBO Max, along with the originals made with HBO, there's some that are just for HBO Max, and uh, it costs the same as HBO. Uh, at $14.99. There's even some discounts out there. If Warner reaches a deal with a cable or streaming device platform, uh, we've talked about this on Cord Killers before, you may automatically get HBO Max if you're an HBO subscriber. Confusingly, you may not. Uh, deals have already been announced with Apple, Charter, Hulu, Google, and YouTube TV. So if that's how you get HBO, you get HBO through them or any AT&T-owned service, because AT&T owns WarnerMedia, then you're good. You'll just automatically go over to HBO Max if you're an HBO subscriber. Uh, there's also new deals with Altice, Cox, Microsoft, so Xbox, NCTC, which is a lot of the smaller cable operators out there, Samsung and Sony, so PlayStation and Verizon. All right, so there you go. That covers a bunch of others. Now, more of you are sitting back going, oh, I guess I'll just get HBO Max because I get my HBO through one of those that you named, Tom. Three big names, though, that I didn't mention. Amazon, Comcast, Roku. Uh, Variety says that Roku and Warner are very close to a deal. I can't imagine HBO Max wouldn't have an app on Roku. That just sounds like crazy town. 
but Amazon not likely to happen. You fire TV users may not get an HBO Max app even. Uh, oh, and, and Dish, if you're a Dish user, Dish hasn't had regular HBO since November, 2018. So that's definitely not gonna happen. But Amazon and Roku uh, kind of bringing it down to the wire here. So I, I have a bit of a dilemma here, Tom, in that uh, I feel of two minds. Um, there's in one splinter reality, a Brian who is a, attempts to be a responsible journalist who invests a lot of time, energy, and effort into making an easy way for everyone to know whether you do or don't qualify for HBO Max, whether it will or will not happen automatically, what your recourses are and all these things. But then there's the reality that I'm, I'm afraid to admit uh, is the one that we live in where I'm much more fascinated to know naturally what happens to both me and everyone else. So here's what I will do is let's all pledge one week from now for uh, all of us, uh, send us an email, cordkillers at gmail.com. Let us know how easy or not easy the transi transition was, whether you were surprised or not surprised uh, that you have it. Because here's the fun fact, Tom, I legitimately do not know whether or not I get my HBO service through Apple or through Amazon. I suppose I'm going to find out over the next mm -hmm. week and I'm going to let whatever happens happen naturally when mm -hmm. I try to get around to watching some more HBO content. And I hope I that like doesn't this. sound like I'm phoning it in or being lazy, but, but I think as a natural experiment, we could all be on board. No, it's, it, you're like the gorillas in the mist of HBO max. You're oh, just, you're, you're only just more hanging noble. out to see what Much happens. More noble. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. obviously, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to, uh, but yeah, so it, it does, I, I did a quick search. It does look like there will be HBO Max apps even on the Fire TV. Uh, so you'll be able to pay AT&T directly. It's if you're subscribing through Amazon. That's that's where it's going to be a problem. So that'll I be interesting to legitimately see. Legitimately, don't I, know whether I, whether it was on so Apple funny. or Amazon. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I, I, I want to ask Merrill what he thinks about HBO Max, but Merrill. I don't know if we care because HBO Max is now indelibly associated in fanboy minds as the place that will release the Snyder Cut of Justice League in 2021. Merrill, which is bigger in your mind? HBO Max launches Wednesday, Snyder Cut. Oh, okay. So here's, here, uh, okay, let's take a side, a, a side jag to explain how I feel about this. I, I've run into this interesting thing where I've been talking to people as HBO Max has, has gotten closer and closer to release. And it, I've discovered there are people that still are not clear on the difference between HBO Go and HBO Now. Right? right, like these, this, this, like this, like yeah, so. But HBO remember, Max is simple. It's HBO plus Cinemax, isn't it? That's why they named no, it but that. Th so this is the no. This is the, not. Oh, this is not. Stop sowing confusion in an otherwise Sorry. perfectly so this clear. Is I just thing. hear it so much that I'm tempted I was, to believe it. I was involved I, in mm. I, about a week and a half ago. I was involved in the following conversation. So <laughs> wait, HBO. So HBO Go is the one that's like has HBO, but HBO now is the one that has all the like all the extra stuff like i can get dc universe and stuff and then what's hbo max is and i'm like no you have that all wrong um so it's just like i, I people so I, brian we were talking remember when this all started you were talking about how you were worried hbo was diluting its brand and what i've come to realize they did that years ago <laughs> like this is par for the course uh, we did like, get an email to that effect pointing out like oh i'm sorry now it's diluted after hbo hbo east hbo after dark hbo thinking on a thursday hbo for teens hbo kids mm -hmm. like i like so, I, I, the point your point is well taken but so but also so look I, I for the record they called the fight after we killed quibi in the ring do not make me bring the pain <laughs> to hbo max well, I think HBO Max is a better chance at survival than Queeby. We'll get into it. Um, as for what I think is a bigger deal, the launch of HBO Max and what platforms are going to be on or the Snyder Cut, I think that the Snyder Cut is a situation where what did they have to lose, right? That's a what did we have to lose situation by finally just doing it, right? They're, you know, they're going to spend $20, $30 million to finish uh the the cg and let snyder uh finish his editing and post um and probably they'll bring everyone back for a little adr i'm sure um but what did they they by not doing it they would have just let the fervor continue forever or they could launch it and go hey man we're doing this there's really no reason they you know the there's only really upside to doing it on a business front now you could, you could argue whether or not on a cultural front there's a downside being that you've now caved to these demands. But on a 
So Elite Business Front, they had nothing to lose by doing it. So I get why they did it. Brief aside here for those blissfully unaware, uh, uh, Zack Snyder suffered a family tragedy in 2016 and Warner Brothers brought in Joss Whedon to finish the work on Justice League. Uh, and so people have been clamoring uh, ever since the movie actually hit theaters to see what the Snyder cut of the movie would have been like. And then it became uh, something that there was one. It, it existed and, and they it would have been so much better if, they, if it had been the Snyder cut instead of the Whedon cut. Uh, and then of course, Gal Gadot last November tweeted, released the Snyder cut and that just like everything blew up from there. Ben Affleck, Snyder himself, uh, most recently Jason Momoa. So it is just an alternate, it's a director's cut. And to my way of thinking y'all, this would have been a DVD special right? Like the blade run, like the 15 blade runner cuts that are out there. Mm -hmm. Like there, there would have been a push in the past to be like the special edition of justice league is now out with a director's cut from Snyder. Uh, and, and instead in the era of modern streaming, somebody in a meeting had the wise idea of like, don't we need to push people to HBO max? I mean, we'll get a lot of people sign up at the beginning and then, you know, the pandemic will end and we need to have something in 2021 that will like boost those numbers again. And this is a perfect way to do well, it. The the funny thing is if you, if there's a THR article that breaks down the behind the scenes of how this happened. Apparently this dates back to November when that Gal Gadot thing happened. And then the fervor hit its peak the next day, Snyder got a call from his agent saying, Hey, the president of Warner brothers is on the line. Do you want to take the call? And he took the call and the president was like, do you want to do it? And Snyder was like, sure. And so apparently they, they've spent between November and now, just working out the logistics, but behind the scenes, this is pretty much a thing that was happening. So let me let me throw this out there. We we spoke a little bit about this on uh, the Night Attack Happy Hour, and I was a bit surprised at how um, uh, far apart Justin, Robert Young, and I were on on our perceptions as to what they took advantage of in this moment. Um, let's let's take uh, 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 let's all agree as fact that essentially what this is is a director's cut of a thing and you can package mm -hmm. it you can call it whatever you want it's a director's cut right we're all we're all on the same page of that yep yeah okay. I, I, I'm exactly okay right. so, uh, so a director's cut in somewhat unusual uh, circumstances because the director didn't even finish the first cut so it's it's got a little extra spice on it but yeah right roughly. right so the yeah. thing itself is a director's cut now um imagine is uh, again a splinter reality where um you have a director's cut and you need to cause this current level of hype on Twitter and social media and argumentation and the principal actors being excited about a thing and calls for like, do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. Um, and, and so you're like, well, we need to cause that to happen. There's some amount of a marketing budget that you would, there's some check you would have to write to cause mm -hmm. that to happen. And now we live in the reality where that's happening naturally. So essentially it's a marketing hype gift that these, these folks were given. Uh, how big is that imaginary check that it would take to cause that to happen in the other reality this is you know making the great the a great thing a great moment out of a bad situation on a business front um you could never have conceived of what happened here like this is a very unique situation a confluence of events has to occur for it to happen i don't think any amount of you know marketers sitting in a boardroom could have created I moment. disagree. I disagree. I, I think that if the check was big enough, you could cause this amount of talking to happen. And what happened in this case was like, for example, uh, let's say, let's say, um, I don't know, the Dora, the Explorer movie uh, was going to do a director's cut of it. And they're like, cause this to be the most talked about thing on Twitter. You could so write a you check big think enough. The Russians did it. <laughs> you could write a check big enough to cause this level of hype. So the fact that this level of hype arrived on its own means that there's a dollar value and it was a gift that was handed to them. And they're like, okay, so here's what my mind is thinking. Uh, about $50 million. It costs about $50 million to cause this many people to continue to talk about a movie this far after it came out. Uh, so you've been handed this $50 million gift of natural hype. So it makes sense. Yeah, sure. I'll write a $20 million check. We'll go ahead and make the thing and cash in this $50 million of free hype that we got that that's where I'm at. Uh, but, but maybe my numbers are off. I don't think your number, I think you're, I think you're, I think it's fair what you're, what you're going for. I personally do not believe that you could have ever created something like this with marketers. I think it, you really needed 
You, you, if, you, my if, friend, if, were a baby when Last Action Hero came out. So do not. Uh, I, but that I, was in I, a this pre- is falling on deaf ears over here. <laughs> but that, but you know, but that, that's not you. I don't think Last Action did. Last Action Hero get like fucking people to march on the streets and fucking because that's where we're at. We're at like they a, literally he, did. They literally had a Macy's Day parade in which a giant Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed as but, his character was floated down. People literally marched. The, yeah, but for that's it. not the, that's not the same. That's not the same <laughs> thing <laughs> as like what else do no. you want? I don't <laughs> understand. I mean, all right, let me put it this way. I, if Twitter had existed in when that movie came out, 93, 92? 92 or three. Yeah. 92 or three. Okay. Summer 93, Twi- I believe. If Twitter had existed at that time, I guarantee you what wouldn't be happening. So, like, there was an example where some, I can't remember what role, uh, some woman got, I forgot her, I forgot her name, oh, the woman who is now, I think, running uh, film over at Warner Brothers, um, uh, was announced she was, you know, taking on the role. It was put on Twitter, on the Warner Brothers Twitter. All of the replies were release the standard cut, release the standard cut, release the standard cut, release the standard cut to this woman who just got the job. And it's like, or who they thought was going to so, do uh, that job. M- Meryl, if, if your point is what we have is even more valuable than what can be bought, that only leans into my point, which is at some point you realize you have a tidal wave of energy and it's yes. cheaper to spend the 20 to $30 million to cash in on that wave. And, and I think I ag- that's what we're seeing here. I that, that that's the part I agree with. I just don't agree with that. There's any world where a marketer could have done it. I think this is either only way. Situation that, either way, yeah. uh, HBO Max launches May 27th. If you don't already have HBO, it'll be easy to get. You just go sign up. If Figure you have out. HBO already. <laughs> Who knows? You might just get it. Uh, take a look it's, and it's, see. People don't know. There's just. No, I hate this. I hate this world where it's like you. The every, you have to explain everything about this service. How you get it? Do you get it? Right. Do you already have it? You don't like. It's like let's just, let's just keep okay, it. Let, 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 me keep simp- it let me simplify this. Sorry. Uh, sorry. HBO Max is short for huge bites online no so no, so no. quibi is quick bites but no, but we... huge bites online <laughs> they call them movies and they're max they're even bigger it's the opposite it's the anti-quibi yeah. huge and you can only watch online. it on large devices and i apologize <laughs> yes, for the swearing yeah all right folks uh listen uh this kind of silliness doesn't come cheap and uh, we thank you for directly supporting it at patreon.com slash cord killers doggone right even when we actively try to confuse you guys while educating you <laughs> about how to cut the cord we hope that you guys support us just a buck an episode that's all we ask for head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers and you can keep us loud live and independent thank you very much we refuse to move on until some oh somebody backed us great great let's talk about how to watch it It was ed hbo (laughs) ed huge bites all right uh may 27th is when huge bites online max (laughs) launches uh may 18th is a date that will go down in history. Netflix started asking subscribers who don't watch anything if they want to keep their subscription. You heard me right. Netflix, raking in money from people that don't use their product, started sending notifications saying, hey, you haven't streamed anything in two years, or you signed up 12 months ago and you haven't streamed anything since. So either of those two scenarios got a notification. Do you want to stay subscribed? And here's the trick. If you do not confirm that you want to stay subscribed, Netflix automatically cancels your subscription on the next billing cycle. Cancellations will start on June 1st. Netflix says these kinds of accounts are less than 0.5% of all members, so a few hundred thousand all told. Canceled accounts will maintain favorites, profiles, and preferences for 10 months. So if people realize that their Netflix doesn't work for 10 months after it gets canceled, they can go back and resubscribe and everything will still be there. Netflix Director of Product Innovation Eddie Wu says, quote, it saves people some hard-earned cash. This is an extraordinarily savvy move. Now, partly it's cowardly because they admit in the press release that it's a low-stakes move for them to make. They are calling out the fact that it's a very small percentage. And I would say that the goodwill they're generating is outsized because almost nobody will be affected by this. But these will be known as the good guy bros who refused to take money when somebody wasn't enjoying their product. Um, I guess back to my Machiavellian PR uh, fantasy universe, uh, however much money they're losing, far, far less than the goodwill and the free publicity they're getting from this. Um, Also, 
it's hard once you become number one to ever be seen as the good guy bro underdog person. You lose that persona once you become number one. This is a pretty good way to to hold on to it just a little bit longer. I think this is extraordinarily savvy, and it, and it implies to me that they are taking a very long-term vision to their strategy. They intend to be around for a very long time. This is not about next quarter to please the investors. This is about the next quarter century and, and remaining number one. Agreed. I think it's clear that they want you to think of them as the good guy here. Of course, they have to put the cost in the press release to appease investors that are also reading the press release. Like, don't worry, guys, we're not giving up that much money. I don't know how many people hear about this story, though. So I'm not sure it's worth it on its own to do it. But I bet there are side benefits to doing it that combine to make it worth doing. It's like, yes, we'll get some positivity out of it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but we'll also get what? I think they get some uh the, some of the same benefits you get when you clear uh, uh non-subscribers to your newsletter every yes. once in a while you see newsletters saying like hey uh we're gonna we're gonna get rid of the people who haven't opened the newsletter if you if you're one of those and you want to stay subscribed click here otherwise we're we're clearing you out because you want to have active users you want to yes. have people you can actually really reach i think netflix probably looks at their data and says gosh you know what like our percentages are a little bit off on stuff because there's a bunch of these people who just don't use our service. We could fine tune that model a little bit, especially with the more niche stuff if we got rid of them. Here's the other thing that it does is um, there's a, uh, so uh, uh, as a matter of fact, we, this past year on our email list for the online store, we did that exact kind of purge where, so what happens is, is you identify the least active part of the audience because they cost money to maintain. They cost money to keep on the list and all that stuff. And you reach out to them with a message that largely they've been ignoring up until this point. The message is you're about to be dropped. Literally just click. I think what we did was like a hamster falling down. Uh, click on this gif of a hamster falling down if you want to stay on the list. Literally do anything and you'll stay on the list. So it gave us an excuse. And then that, that also gave us an excuse to one, two, three times say, no, 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 for reals, you're about to be dropped. Seriously, about to be dropped. You're about to be dropped. And then at that point, you know, we, 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 uh, spoiler alert, we put them in a cold storage file off to the side, <laughs> so we're not paying for it, but they're still there. Um, uh, I, this gives Netflix the opportunity, number one, PR releases uh, like we're seeing right now, but number two, it's, it's the only message that they could possibly give that might be heard with currently dormant interest that would cause somebody to decide to get back on the Netflix hype train or not. Yeah. And, and there also might be some side benefits in reminding someone they have a subscription and them saying, oh, no, I do want to keep that. And they start watching and then they start recommending things to people. And there, you know, there may be a little halo effect uh, from that as well. But I, I don't think any one of these things is worth doing on their own. I think it's probably a combination of factors that Netflix looked at and realized like, hey, wait a minute. You know, we we save some database space. We we get better metrics. We get a bunch of goodwill. Uh, and and maybe there's a little bit of halo effect if we keep some people. Yeah, let's 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 do it. So I, I, I would say of all of those, the one that resonates with me the most is uh, we're entering a crowded space of online providers. And the one thing you can't buy is a reputation for being the good guy. Quibi mm -hmm. can't buy it. CBS can't buy it. No, no new entrant into the uh, space can purchase that. And so to lean into it, even at the expense of, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars this quarter, I, I think is a very, very smart play for them to make. Now, we're giving you this good news. This is why all the news you see is bad, all right? Because we give you this great news about Netflix doing this nice thing. And in our chat room, uh, dunking on Quibi. Uh, heard Quibi is rebranding. Everyone just wants to talk about Quibi, so fine. Uh, Meryl Barr has been going through the Quibi odyssey with us on, on Cord Killers <laughs> over the months. Uh, to keep you up to date, Quibi launched April 6th, so it's getting near to its two-month mark. Uh, Loop Ventures managing partner and former Piper Jaffray research analyst Douglas Clinton wrote Friday, Quibi's content isn't bad. It's perfectly fine. It's just hard to get the attention of a new audience without very compelling content. Uh, so basically saying they're not succeeding because their content just isn't good enough. It's not that it's bad content. It's just not breakout stellar. Quibi is currently number 10 in entertainment and 138 overall in the iOS app store, according to app Annie and number 13 in Google play entertainment and 50th overall in apps. Uh, again, according to app Annie, so not tearing up the charts, 
Meryl, how are you feeling about Quibi these days? I think, gentlemen, we are entering this, the series finale of Quibi Watch. Mm, I, I am I'm here, sad about it. Like, I am yeah. here to mm. close the arc on Quibi Watch. Um, it, so I, uh, I had an interesting perspective given to me uh, a few weeks ago. Um, by one of my uh, by one of my elders, and the the thing that's sort of like really... I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> Let me remind you. <laughs> the thing that I really came to terms with was a lot of my Quibi predictions and analysis were based on the idea that there was a grander plan. That there's no way that that someone like Jeffrey Katzenberg was going to put all his eggs into this one basket. Of uh, the mobile app, it lives or dies with the mobile app, and it seems to be that's exactly what happened. All of the eggs were indeed in the will the mobile app succeed or fail, and you know, and I do, and I and I empathize with the fact when he says I blame a lot of what happened on the pandemic. I do empathize that they were building an app based on the idea of you leave an you lead an active life, you're doing a lot of things. And so here's us filling in the 10 minutes on the train, the 10 minutes before you no, get out I, of bed. And actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because, uh, as we know, uh, TikTok filed for bankruptcy during the pandemic. Nope. TikTok more popular than ever. I'm sorry. You were but saying. TikTok, but okay, but tic <laughs> TikTok existed. TikTok existed before this moment. Um, and you, But you're right. They're competing with TikTok. I think part of the problem here is we all they thought and we all thought their competition was netflix amazon hulu but blah, blah. no their competition was tiktok like yeah. they're uh and i think none of us really appreciated that um tiktok that is shorter too so what you're saying meryl is quibi should have had even shorter episodes <laughs> i think i i don't know it's hard to say what really was the, i think that there's no one thing that was the downfall of Quibi here, right? And until the, the company actually, until there's a business announcement, the company is still alive, right? So I don't know. It will be around for a year. They have they have upfront buys. They have tons of cash. They have lots right. of industry momentum. Like the, I, I, for one, I'm not counting Quibi done yet. I will not be shocked if within a year and a half we're winding up Quibi and it's either getting sold off for parts or merged into something else or whatever. Uh, but it's way too early in a game that has way too money, too much money sunk in it to say they're done for good. Mm -hmm. Would it be rude for me to start a GoFundMe to purchase Quibi right now? Would that be rude? <laughs> so the thing is, I don't know. I, I think I don't think there's any one thing you can point to that is the, that was the downfall of Quibi. Um, in the or at least let I me can. say this: I could point the to one thing. Um, it is a brilliant solution for a problem nobody had. Yes, sure. That is that's that's wrong. always been my my hesitation with it too. Is like I get what you're saying, but I'm not sure anybody wants that. And lots of people have tried to make people want stuff on the internet because it can be done, not because they wanted it, and gone out of business. Uh, you know, or had their product canceled. Verizon Go 90, for instance, is what, what this I, often reminded me of. It's Verizon Go 90 with star power behind it. Now that said. To your point, Merrill, I love the idea that they're like, listen, no, what, but, but what's going to be different is this is going to have star power and, you know, barring something happening with it where everybody just decides to stay inside, uh, for months on end, it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, that. and I, that's where I do empathize with like, no, there, cause I had everyone, I watched everyone be like, oh yeah. So the time, yeah, pandemic was the worst thing for them. A time when everyone's at home on their phones. I'm like, no, everyone's not at home on their phones. They're at home on their watching their TV, like so. Not being able to cast was definitely something that hurt them for sure. Um, but so it's it's this thing of I will say phase one definitely did not work. Phase could be phase one. Could they rebrand? Could they come back out swinging and maybe you know rejigger some things? Absolutely, they certainly have the money to right. But the yeah. initial idea of what Quibi was going to be definitely did not go the way anyone was hoping it would. And I really thought there was more to this. The fact that it really was about the mobile app with the mobile the subscription mobile app with heavy hitters, was that going to be enough? I, I, I was just surprised to realize no, that really was the plan. Uh, it's That's actually, the plan. it's actually a, they also, they didn't want to share on social media. There was like no that, way to share things on social media at launch either, which even in a, 
pre-pandemic world, I find a little bit questionable. Yeah, that that mm. that would be my my whole real point. I mean, names notwithstanding, tactics notwithstanding, whether or not we needed it notwithstanding, uh, the truth is they didn't skimp on story and they didn't skimp on the budget. What happened was they refused to acknowledge that there's a third currency called attention. And they just acted like, if you build it, they will come. It'll be uh -huh. beautiful. If it's a good enough thing, they're all going to show up. It's going to be a great party. And the truth is, um, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, there are three currencies. It's uh, story, attention, and sales. They had the money. They had the story. They refused to lift a goddamn finger on the attention. And question, that's what killed them. I have an honest question. Yeah. Do you think that the paywall makes a difference. Yes. Do you think if Quibi, yes, yes, if Quibi yes, was yes, available yes. to watch? Uh, okay, look. Also, I, I, don't have to pay for TikTok. So, That's so, another so here, difference. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, everything begins with a gift. Um, uh, and, and I've told this story on another stream earlier today, so I'll tell it again. When I was street performing, uh, the hardest thing is to get one person to stop long enough for you to start performing for, get them to pick a card or whatever, and then get it started. Once you have a nucleus, everything builds, it becomes a gravity well. Before you know it, you have 100 people and you're making some pocket change for beer. Uh, uh, but that first person is the hardest one, and it must begin with a gift. The best version of this story in the street performing world was somebody who just had a table and had a bunny rabbit on it, and he just sat there with a deck of cards waiting. Sooner or later, somebody couldn't resist. They would walk over and pet the bunny. And only after they had accepted the gift of the story of this bunny being fluffy and wanting to pet it, did he say, you know the rules. If you pet the bunny, you have to pick a card. And then they're in and you're beginning. There was no bunny on the table with Quibi. There was so never a bunny yes. on the table. Yes. It was so nothing but an empty promise that behind this curtain is something great. Give me money first and I'll let you see it. That's the so, dumbest thing yes. ever. So it, so here's my here's my here's my prediction for what phase 2 could look like. They will assign a certain selection of content to put in front of the paywall and go, "Here's our thing. Do you want to watch it?" And it'll be and it'll be a good amount a good chunk of it, right? Right? A good chunk of the of the phase 1 rollouts will be put up on the app for free. Don't got to sign up. Just download the app. Don't got to sign up. Don't got to do anything, right? Uh, and they kind of did because they, they did a version of that by saying, we're going to put the first episode of uh, all our shows on YouTube. And we're going to put them up in both formats. And that was a mistake. That was a judgment error. That was a big judgment error. If they had just said, the app is now available with certain content from us, like maybe the daily news content, for example, for free. Here it is. Do you want want more? Here's this is these are the tier options. Like they, if I do see a world where that could happen, in which case we're having a very different conversation about Quibi a year from now, where maybe it did in fact survive. But with but that pay the one the thing that never made sense to me was the paywall. Like you they they put up nothing they, and saying well you had a ninety day free trial. It's like yeah, but I still have to break out my credit card. The second the credit card gets into my hand. That's where the thought process begins. They should I will even say, get I, my email address. I, like that alone. I mean, I'm told- You want told to not even make an account to get the free trial? What, what, wait, is that a real thing? Yeah, I mean, like you should have to, like, even if you oh, don't- Oh, pay, sorry, you're well, saying that's what you wanted, you, your, not what they gave. I assume be tied right. to your store account. You, be tied to like wherever you bought the app. Because like I, I did it on my phone and I have my credit card in my phone, so it wasn't like a thing. And, I, I, and, and it doesn't seem crazy to ask you to make a sign in, you know, email password to watch something for free i'm told that certain adult online services are now free and i refuse to take the free thing they're giving away because it involves me giving an email address so it's like i, I like even just giving an email address is more of an ask than i'm comfortable with it's crazy. But Brian, as as Rick and Morty crazy. taught me, you know, the uh, all right, all right, algorithm. moving right along. Hey, Patreon.com, that's where you can support this very show. Head on over no, to Patreon. We already, we already, we already right. did that. Oh, already never did, mind. Yeah, moving we, right we, along. We uh, uh, no, I just systems. wanted. I, I, oh no, I think the uh, the thing we wanted to say was uh, the one thing about Quibi that's great is Fresh Daily from Rotten Tomatoes has an amazing production team uh, under a very competent. <laughs> yes, yes. Manager. Sorry, I, yeah. I, everything I said. Uh, that's the one exception. <laughs> Let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. John Krasinski will no longer host his YouTube show, Some Good News, but don't worry, he has licensed it to Viacom CBS, which plans to put it on CBS All Access with a new host. Krasinski will produce. Shows will premiere on the streaming platform, but then be shown on linear networks. So, 
could be on broadcast CBS, could be on MTV. Uh, we, we don't know. They haven't announced that part. But some good news goes from Feel Good Pandemic YouTube show to CBS property. It's also good idea is good idea at all times and in all situations and with all hosts. I mean, it's great that he uh, piloted it by himself on uh, a, a free distri distribution platform using low budget whatevers. But uh, good idea is still a good idea that will be beloved by somebody, somebody. Meryl doesn't look impressed. I just, look, I think this is me being cynical. I think, you know, I'm happy that someone was able to, I just think that it's like part of the, part of the reason this happens because it was John Krasinski, right? It was like, it's, you know, if, you or I did that, or Brian, you did that. You made it an, added another hour of programming a week to the edit stream of good news. Uh, it, CBS wouldn't have called. So I think there is a part of that where it's like a lot of people are doing that, and it's just that John Trudinsky is a name that's doing it, thus he gets a win. Um, and so I think I'm just I think I'm just too cynical. I, I it's kind of where it's like I I I should love everything about that, and just I'm very cynical about that. It's like. He wasn't the only one doing it. I don't even know if you, and so it's like, well, it's like, you, good, you, good. you feel like it's a, a, a rather privileged success story. You feel like, uh, well, of course it's John Krasinski. Of course. Yes. It was and and yeah. that's not to begrudge John Krasinski because the man is clearly like good at what he does, but it's just like, cool. Like I'm just, I, yeah. cool. it's just, you know, there's nothing, there was something spectacular about it to me. Well, and it was also a creature of the lockdown, which I'm not sure that going to translate as things open up again. So we'll see who they get to host it. That, that'll, that'll make a difference for me. A second trailer for Christopher Nolan's movie Tenet was released in Fortnite. Uh, the trailer does not include a release date, just ends by saying coming to theaters to emphasize that they will not be streaming this. you got to go to a theater. Uh, Tenet stars John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, and Sir Kenneth Branagh as a Russian national who can communicate with the future. Uh, it is currently scheduled to arrive in theaters July 17th and is seen kind of as the bellwether for the return of movies to theaters. If that date sticks, that means that's when we think theaters will open. But if they move it, that's going to kind of move everything else in the schedule. I mean, given that the release date itself is a bit of an experiment that nobody can guarantee that everybody feels comfortable going out, then certainly having marketing that is also experimental makes sense for that. I think that considering that right now, so like normally this is the kind of movie where you would want a trailer attached to a big sort of nationally broadcast event, like say, I don't know, um, Olympics, MLB, right? Olympics, yeah, MLB baseball, opening day, right? um, just a, a handful. There's a, there were at this time of the year, there are a handful of sporting events taking place um, that would have been perfect to put that trailer on. A, yeah on top of which no longer exists. So what's left? Well, Fortnite's still there, right? And there's a sh there's millions of people on Fortnite. So I actually think that that move made sense. And it's not like they didn't immediately drop it on YouTube like they would normally anyway. But as far yeah, as the release date goes, I don't man, I don't I kind of I'm 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 a little extreme on the side of I'm very cautious on where we stand currently. Um, I'm more cautious than a lot of my friends, Brian, you being one of them who I love dearly, uh, but you definitely fall on the side of you wish you could go out um, and you uh, can't. Um, whereas I'm like, I kind of don't want to go out. Um, and forgive me if I'm uh, misinterpreting that. Um, uh, so it's like, I think that that July 17th date is very optimistic and I don't think it sticks. I'd be surprised if it does stick. A new trailer for the Netflix series Space Force is out. Uh, that's the comedy from Greg Daniels, uh, the man behind The Office and Parks at Rec. Uh, it stars Steve Carell, John Malkovich coming to Netflix this weekend, May 29th. Uh, my kids were super stoked to hear about this. Um, uh, they, they, you know, grew up uh, in the last few years. We watched The Office. We were watching Parks and Rec and all that stuff. Um, uh, I didn't even let them see the trailer. I just told them a bit about it and the fact that, um, is, is his first name John Schwartz uh, 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 from Middle Ditch and Schwartz? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, John Raffio. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, like, like seeing him in there. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm increasingly cautiously optimistic about this whole thing. I saw the first two episodes, and I don't remember when the embargo is, so I'll be very, very vague. But I liked it. Cool. Uh, and that question mark does not violate embargo. <laughs> uh, from creators Lauren Bouchard, Nora Smith, and Josh Gad, Central Park 
the animated comedy coming to Apple TV Plus this weekend as well, May 29th. Uh, this is the one about a caretaker of Central Park and his family who are trying to stop a malevolent heiress from destroying the park. Uh, it's, you know, Bob's Burgers in the city, essentially. Yeah, unlike Bob's Burgers, which was also in, in the city. Well, Bob's Burgers was by the pier. Sure. This is by the park. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, in 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 the center of Manhattan, I guess is what I was trying to say. Bob's Burgers always has a very suburban feel, but you're right. I guess it is totally in the city, too. All right, uh, a few other notes. What We Do in the Shadows has been renewed for season three at FX. Reminder, the finale is coming on June 10th. Uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen, uh, the two big stars of Good Omen, will star together again in a lockdown comedy called Staged, about a furloughed theater company. That one's being produced for BBC One. We don't know where else it might end up. Sony's Tom Hanks picture Greyhound, about a convoy of allied ships in the early days of World War II, was supposed to come to theaters in June. Instead, it's coming to Apple TV+. Plus. Don't have a date on when it's coming to Apple TV+. Plus. And Apple announced Greatness Code, a short-form documentary series about the untold stories of great athletes, co-produced by LeBron James Uninterrupted and Tom Brady's Religion of Sports and directed by Emmy winner Gotham Coach Chopra. I, I don't know that, and this is going to sound harsh and I don't mean it to, but, but I can't think of a more scathing indictment of good omens than the fact that I've spent months on the fence like, oh, I sure would love some more of that. Well, like, I don't care if it's not really written by and oh, maybe if. And then the moment you tell me that it's the same two guys in a different story, I'm like, great, screw that. <laughs> I just want to see more of those two guys. It's awesome. Well, because it solves the problem, right? It takes Neil Gaiman out of the equation. You're like, no more conundrum. It's just these two guys. Great. Yeah. Let me see it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Uh, starting with you, Meryl. What what have you been watching lately? Something you okay, want to I recommend? Got, I got two. I got two for you. One of them. One of them you guys have probably watched, and one of them you guys have probably not watched. The one you probably have watched. Show called Leverage. Um, if you guys have never watched Leverage, um, the reason I'm recommending is they're rebooting it. So Leverage was a show for, on TNT from 2008 to I think it was like 2012. Uh, is a it's a high show. These group of thieves um, come together and start playing Robin Hood and stealing for good, um, doing cons for good. Wonderful show. And the reason, Brian, I'm surprised you've never watched it. I know I'm pretty sure you told me you never watched it, but it's it's total social. It's a show all about social activism. The underlying theme is government is bad. F government. The literally one of the 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 most uh, predictive lines in the series finale is the guy who represents sort of like you know um, uh, Interpol comes out, it's like they're one of their big nemesis in the show, comes out and goes, I represent justice and order. And the main guy goes, justice or order. One day you have to choose. Like, that's the show we're talking about. And they're rebooting it. Uh, original creators, John Rogers and Chris Downey are back. Um, they're doing it for IMDb TV. Uh, and you can watch the show for free entirely on IMDb TV. It's a high, I highly recommend it if you guys have never watched I've, it. Now, I've heard very good things about Leverage, and I think my allergy to watching it is one of those. It's the same reason that the moment I quit my day job and decided to be a magician, the first thing I did was cancel all of my subscriptions to all magic-related magazines or whatever mm -hmm. because um, I didn't I, – I felt like beyond that path would be me either aping them or or hating them or whatever, whereas if I just don't know, then I, I can't be wrong. And I think Leverage falls into that like um, it's some writer's interpretation of – the same waters that I swim in. So right. I'd rather not even know about it than risk either loving it or hating it. I think you would love it if you check it out. Now, the one that you guys, it's a little show. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's this thing called Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> when, how long ago did you start it? Okay, so here's so I finally, so here's the story, people. I had binged Rick and Morty and I started it last Wednesday and I wow. finished it. I finished it yesterday wow like <laughs> this thing flew by what i will say is i did not like the pilot uh i don't i i don't know if i'm ready to say bad but it definitely it's closer to bad than good uh and the second episode is like a 180 right on in quality and then it gets uh, in the first half of season one where they're finding their sea legs i'm like I don't know yet. Like I, I love. What half about the of every first episode? half of the third episode of season two? Can we? Can we? <laughs> I just want. What I'm trying to do is just get a little more granular on this. Here's where. So here's where. Here's where it got great. Love potion number nine. Oh, love yeah. potion number nine was the one where everyone gets Cronenberg, and I'm like, 
This is okay. And then it goes forward. Here's the one thing I will say. And by the way, I, I'm, I'm, caught, I'm caught up to it. So when we get this point in time, I'll be talking about this episode when we get there. The one thing I will say is there are certain episodes, for example, Pickle Rick, where I was expecting like the way everyone talked about it. I was expecting the fries dog of Rick and Morty episodes, right? This emotional fucking gut punch of an episode. And instead, it was just a really crazy fucking episode of television and not the fries dog of Rick and Morty. And the reality is I, I, I realized that part of this is on me and my expectations and my dial was all out of whack. I, there's not a lot of fries. Futurama had a ton of fries dog beyond fries dog. Um, Rick and Morty does not have a lot of fries dog. What it has is a lot of madness and insanity. And as long as my dial is tuned to the right frequency, I can get on that show's wavelength. Uh, I, right, I have differences of opinion, but we'll talk about them another time. Uh, last week, did did uh, Tom? Did we talk about the uh, improv series on Netflix, uh, Middle Edition Schwartz? I don't think so. Um, no. It's one of those that that Netflix has been overly aggressively pushing at me. And about a week ago, a friend of mine who I respect very much uh, uh, su suggested like long form improv comedy is very very difficult. And they are very, very good at it. Uh, it's uh, the one dude you know from Silicon Valley. The other one is John Raffio. Um, uh, they are, uh, I've watched three and all three I've ended up watching a second time with my wife or my kids or my family and crying, laughing. It's so, so good. Um, it, it, it was a very difficult hump to get me to, to, to go for it. But man, am I glad I did. It's really great. Excellent. Where, and where do you watch it? Uh, Netflix. It's uh, an it's exclusive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, I finally, uh, after uh, Ashley Escada seconded Meryl's recommendation of Harley Quinn, uh, I dived yes! in. I've watched four. I've watched four episodes of Harley Quinn on Hulu. Uh, I know it's coming to HBO Max when HBO Max launches. In fact, there's an expiration date on season one uh, of Hulu. Otherwise, you got to get it from DC Universe. It's also on Sci-Fi. Um, the entire first season. Yes, that's is that's on, that's is where I'm getting it on Hulu. Is through the Sci-Fi. Ah, um, gotcha. Uh, sci-fi on demand. So actually you're right. I don't think it's actually on Hulu unless you have Hulu live, but ahead, my, my thoughts on it are, I totally see what you're talking about. It's, it's definitely a cool take. It reminds me of the venture brothers a little bit, but, uh, you know, I, and it's one of those things where I don't end each episode thinking I got to watch the next one. But every time I see it on my list, I'm like, well, that'll be a fun way to spend, you know, 23 minutes. Uh, and, and, exactly, and I'm slowly just being pulled yeah. along uh, through so season what, one that way. What you're experiencing is exactly what I experienced, where I watched like the first four for review and then didn't watch it for like two months and then watched another, then watched a set of like another six and then took another like few weeks off and then watched the remainder of season one. And then I did the exact same thing for season two. I let it build up a little bit. And then I've been, I've walked, plowed through a bunch of season two. I realized it's a, sh and I talked to, um, I'm friends with uh, Justin Halpern, one of the co-creators of it and co-showrunners. And I told him, I'm like, you really did not design this show for binging. And he goes, no, it's, I really, we wanted it to be a sort of come in every week show. And they, they try to structure their episodes like that. And I fucking love it. And now that I'm into it, I'm into it and it just season the second season which is really the second half of the original order of episodes just i can't i can't stop loving it it's so i fucking love that show <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey what should we be on the lookout for bryce outside of all mm. those words <laughs> I, I, every time, I, that entire review i just want you to know look uh uh, uh you say whatever you want to say meryl but understand that every time you curse out of the corner of my eye i get to watch the shake of the uh, head <laughs> and the marking of the time code that bryce has to go back and fix that <laughs> Uh, hey everybody, we got an email pick from Tim. Tim writes, hey Bryce, Tom, and Brian. I was checking out Tom's recommendation of the streaming service, the Asian streaming service, Vicky, and I signed up for the Plus Plan and started watching My Love from the Star, a Korean show, a part of the 
Kokoa Network on Vicky. It's about an alien who saves a Korean widow from certain death in the past, and then 400 years later, he ends up in Seoul um, and saves a girl who resembles the widow, and then fate changes. Some great acting and plot in the first episode. Thanks, Tim D, and overall, nice fellow. Thank you, Tim. Uh, I, I don't know much about Vicky. Tom, You, I know you have seen some of Vicky. Have you seen or heard of My Love from the Star? Yeah, in fact, I recommended it on Cord Killers. It was one of my uh, eyes on uh, a while back. It was. I'm sorry, what it show? Was the, I'm not familiar. My love from the star, or my love from another star. Oh no, uh, I mean but, the podcast you were talking about. Go ahead. Oh, that one doesn't matter. Uh, I. It was my first show that I watched on my own on Vicky. Uh, oh, wow. Because I, my, my wife introduced me to, to Vicky uh, with all the Chinese and Korean shows that she was watching. And I was watching some with her. But that was my first one that I ventured out on my own. And uh, JJH, the woman who plays uh, the, the, the leading woman in My Love from the Star, was also in uh, Legend of the Blue Sea, was really good in that, which is also on Vicky, and is going to be in the next season of Kingdom, the zombie Korean series that's on Netflix. So oh, nice. if you liked her in that, you might want to check those out as well. Awesome. A couple of recommendations. Thank you, Tim Deed. So that's uh, My Love from the Star. There are 21 hour-long episodes streaming now on Viki. That's V-I-K-I. And I think they have a free plan somewhere in there. Uh, if you've got something that we should be on the lookout for, email it to us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Uh, now, normally, Tom, this is the part where we would do like a plug for one of our personal projects or something. But I, if you don't mind, I'd rather not do that this week. And instead, just bro to bro, um... Do you have any new podcasts you're working on? Well, I'm okay. I mean, I wish you would have told me this before the show because I really did want to plug a new oh, show. Shoot. So I shouldn't have. Pause on the show. Forget the show. What is the what? What is this? Yeah, no, I wanted to talk about this new show that Patrick Beja and I, Patrick Beja and I both have been working from home for a long time doing podcasting. He has a show called The Phileas Club where he was interviewing uh, a psychologist about the psychology of working from home. And I thought, gosh, you know, I bet a lot of people could benefit from Patrick and I just sharing our experiences working well, I mean, from that home. makes sense because uh, Patrick, right? of course, is super talented and really interesting and fun to listen to. You, of course, work from home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So between the two of us, we have all of it covered. Yeah, so, uh, so that's kind of what Patrick put it too. It's funny that was almost uh, word for word the pitch. So, 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 oh, uh, so this is a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we, so we did that. We figured with so many people working from home, uh, we'd 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 create the show. It's called Work in Sanity. Uh, Patrick uh, came up with that title. It's perfect. Uh, you can uh, find out more about it at workinsanity.net. Uh, and uh, just look for it in the podcatcher of choice. It just got submitted today, so it may or may not show up in search right away, uh, but you can get the subscribe link at workinsanity.com. Man, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm so excited because what happens, what I have found is when there are two people I love, eventually in a podcast, one of them has to become the darker of the other, and, uh, and uh, uh, of the two. And uh, I don't know which of you, you two are both made of sunshine. Which one of you is going to be <laughs> the acerbic Tune one? Tune in and find out. <laughs> By the way, in case anyone here was wondering what it's like to be friends with Brian Brushwood, you just got a first-hand look. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the front, front lines. Front lines! Bloomberg sources say Apple is talking to studios about licensing older TV content for Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, Apple right now only offers its original shows, uh, but they may be uh, getting some library content. I mean, what 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 could possibly save them? I mean, they got Mash. Uh, they got they got uh, like like what's left of the back catalog of history to 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 nab there up. There is a I, I think the, there's something that Rathlin, one of the co-creators of Leverage, said to me one day that makes complete sense. Everything is library. You would be shocked to see what things you know end up being the thing where it's like, oh, they have that? I got to go, right? You never know. Like, I remember there was a big story, you know, when Unsolved Mysteries was, be, uh, Netflix announced they were going to reboot Unsolved Mysteries. Be, I was like, fuck yeah, I love the Unsolved Mysteries, right? It's like, you never know. You never know what's going to I can see Tom is losing his <laughs> shit. But it's just like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> 
Uh, Apple TV Plus shows Ghost Rider, Helpsters, Snoopy in Space, and Peanuts in Space. Secrets of Apollo 10 have been nominated for 17 daytime Emmys. CBS led all networks with 57 nominations, and Amazon was second with 55. Online shows may enter the daytime Emmys if they're available to 50% or more of the country and are not entered in the primetime Emmys. Yeah, I was wondering, like, how does an online show become daytime? Uh, it chooses. It's like you can go daytime or primetime, but you can't be in both. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, that that bodes well for Apple TV Plus in the next primetime Emmys as well, mm-hmm. I would think. They, they kind of chose their family kids stuff to put in daytime. Yeah. Hulu updated its home screen for Roku and Apple TV users. It'll roll out over two months and hit other platforms by the end of the summer. Uh, Yes, it has finally succumbed to multiple horizontal rows of thumbnails like every other streaming service out there. Each row, however, can have one of three sizes of titles. Hulu says this will combat scroll fatigue where it just all starts to blend together. Uh, For example, continue watching will have smaller tiles because you already know what those are. You've been watching them. New drama recommendations, for instance, might have medium-sized titles. Titles, and the largest tiles would be used for high confidence recommendations. Things that think things they're really sure you're going to like. Uh, trays will include human and algorithmic recommendations. Sometimes both in one tray, where the the human recommendations will be the first three, and the rest is algorithmically determined. Top level navigation now has simpler headers, and Disney intends to align the UI of Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus, so they all have a similar visual language. Uh, I can't speak to any one of these specific uh, details, but I can say that in general when i load hulu i almost never have to brace for impact the way i do on netflix netflix i type in the word netflix.com and i hit enter and i and i and i emotionally brace for whatever it is that's going to start yelling at me mid-story in the middle of it and then and then have a billion titles um uh hulu i think has done a pretty good job and i i'm i'm not surprised to hear they're continuing to but i will say it's it's if you're watching something on hulu and you want to keep watching it there's a lot of taps to get oh to, my gosh to yeah it's watching. really hard to find stuff uh on there uh and and live stuff is, is kind of hard to find so I, i'm looking forward to this if it if it makes it easier just to watch the things that i'm always watching Yep. Uh, BBC Four is known for high-end documentaries and long-form television. In its annual plan, the BBC proposes making BBC Four into a global subscription service. BBC Four Originals would air on BBC Two, and BBC Four would show the best to the uh, uh, would show the best to the archive. Yeah. Um- there's a lot of scuttle, but the BBC three might go back on air, and they pull BBC Four off, and it'd be a swap. Um, BBC says that's not what they're saying they didn't quite deny it uh but that'd be interesting if, if we got like a really high quality documentary subscription service hey, from the bbc tom as uh pretend i'm not an anglophile and that i'm one of those poor uh misbegotten souls who at some point thought channel four was a bbc thing and has since had a lot of people on twitter disabuse them of, of that notion so so uh-huh. there was never a bbc four or how many bbc no, there is a bbc four and there is also Channel 4. Those are two different Did things. Did they come out at the same time? Are they evil stepbrothers? No, mm. one's an independent business for profit, and the other is BBC. Right, but 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 like... Um, they just both have four in the title. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I guess I want to know like which one happened first. Or, or I mean, does BBC 4 come out and then someone says, we're Channel 4? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I think BBC, I don't know the timeline on that. I'd have to look it up. But I think BBC 4 was, we are the fourth iteration of BBC, whereas Channel 4 was, we are on Channel 4. Yeah. Um, also, if I remember correctly, Channel, uh, Channel 4 would also do more edgy programming, like uh, Utopia oh, yeah. was Channel yeah, 4. Yeah. And they had they had an entire, I kid you not, uh, uh, please don't look it up if you're in front of children, but they have an entire show about weird genitals. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> Which one? Very, BBC uh, 4 or Channel, Channel 4? Because honestly, Channel I can see it be on either definitely one. Channel 4. Channel, BBC 4 would be weird. much less interesting than Channel 4's like, version. Like, like Horrifying Bodies or something? I forget what it's called. It's uh, crazy. Yeah, that sounds like Channel 4. Yeah. And Channel 4, uh, Robo Jeff says... Yeah, okay. Ampere analysis estimates that 60% of scripted titles around the world will be delayed now and 5 to 10% will be scrapped entirely. Unscripted programming will return to normal by the end of the year. There'll be some delays, but it'll be back on track faster. Compared to 2019, only 51% of scripted projects have so far aired. So it's uh, it's quite a bit behind. Merrill, I mean, this, this is not surprising. Uh, no. Do you think by next year we just 
don't even notice if it, and everything's just back on track? Uh man, these are the discussions I'm these are the discussions I'm literally some hearing, you know, both personally both the biz- personally, you know, just with friends and also where I'm mm-hmm. working and these are you know, these are discussions I am it's it's hard like we're in such a fluid situation. It's really hard to know what things are going to look like. I I I personally think that you know, there'll be there'll be smaller productions, things that can shoot on like stages that are like stage oriented without any sort of exteriors will get back quicker than things that require exterior shooting. Um but it's hard to you know, this is you know, we were talking about like, you know, I remember everyone was talking about when the starting myself included animation was going to take over, but the reality is animation takes a year to year and a half to produce. So it's it's hard to say where we're going to, you know, the question really, here's what I think really it comes down to. What does the fall look like? If we enter a situation where the second wave is like 1918, um, we're going to have a very different conversation than if the second wave, than if we you know, use our precautions now and second wave is minimal to non-existent. It really, you know, there's the situation is far too fluid to tell you what things are going to look like a year from now. And finally, South Korea's box office is right now the leading data point for people coming back to theaters. This weekend brought in 7% of the receipts that it did this time last year. Granted, screens are showing re-releases and small to mid-sized filmed. Uh, top grocers uh, was uh, The Greatest Showman at $205,000. The Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, Makoto Shinkai's uh, Japanese animation, Weathering With You, and Chinese director Chen Cage's historical jo- drama, Farewell My Concubine also released uh, re-released in the top 10 the platform is showing uh on netflix outside korea and taiwan they are uh, which earned three hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars after two weekends uh baby steps tom question mark i mean basically the first weekend they reopened korean cinema it was like oh my gosh i can go back to the theater and this by now it's like the greatest showman in that old yeah maybe i'll skip it and yeah. go somewhere else so yeah they 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 need new new stuff uh, to start bringing people back in is my guess. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. All right, Paul has a prescription for Quibi, Merrill. What do you think of this? Uh, Paul says, I rarely have time to sit down and watch a full length movie, but I do often find time where I can watch a couple minutes here and there. The perfect service for me would be one that divided a movie into different scenes. This would be the perfect use case for Quibi. You don't have three hours to carve out and watch this blockbuster. What if those three hours were spread over the course of a week? Original content isn't what Quibi needs. Taking pre-existing content and Quibifying it is what Quibi needs to do. Uh, no. <laughs> By the way, almost literally what he's describing is what they did with the most dangerous game. All <laughs> of it. A movie. Yeah. All of and it. So it was all... a movie. Okay, but in his defense, but he's what Apple TV Plus is, heard of. What Apple TV Plus is doing is saying, you know what doesn't bring in people to our service as much uh, is things they've never heard of. Let's give them catalog. Let's give them licensed stuff, like you were saying, Meryl. Uh, and so I, I think what what Paul is suggesting is what if Quibi did this with movies you've heard of? They're like, oh, I know that. I know I want to watch it. I just don't have time. Uh, you know, what's interesting. I want to, maybe somebody could track this down. And if you find it, send me a link to it at cordkillers at gmail.com. But I could swear in the early 2000s on TNT or TBS or something, there was a show called like 30 minute blockbusters or something where they would pay the license to do a TV version, you know, to do TV broadcast of, let's say, Die Hard or whatever. And they would just cut everything down to the bone. So it was a 30 minute version of that movie that you've seen huh. a million times. Um, some version of that I think could could happen. I, I don't know how that would work with Quibi, though. Yeah, I just I don't see a world. I don't see a world where they do that. I also don't see a world where they get into the licensed content game. That's part of like. That was part of Quibi's yeah. agenda was they don't want to be the it's home of archive. Yeah. Uh, and, and this, what I'm about to say does not pertain to Quibi. Uh, but I think there is something to the idea because people in the chat room rightly are saying like, can you just press pause and, you know, come back later and watch it yourself. There's something to, to the idea that someone went through and paid attention to where the nice, you know, like clean breaks are in a movie so that you don't, 
so that you 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 feel like okay I, I know I've got 12 minutes I'm going to watch this 12 minute bit of the movie and then next time I know I've got 15 and it's 15 like there, there there's some curation that I think could be beneficial probably not we just saw it with the Irishman movie. right which is this long movie where people said here are the stopping points on the Irishman yes, because it that's is a great too example. long yeah. the bite is too big uh, also, Vaughn wrote us an email saying, hey, guys, I don't normally take the time to provide feedback, either positive or negative, which at this point <laughs> I'm bracing for impact. But I really enjoyed your show this week with Ashley uh, Iskeda. Did, did I say that right? Iskeda, uh, yeah. Uh, I think she the content Iskeda. was great. The discussion never missed a beat. And Ashley really provided some great perspectives and knowledge about the industry. Uh, would love to see more of her frequently on the show. Thank you very much, Vaughn. Uh, dude, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. I, su- uh, I I would support that too. I uh, um I, I used to I used to work in front of Ashley in a cubicle in uh, CBS, and yes, I would highly recommend her coming up <laughs> on the show. Roster. That's uh, we're we're actually that's our booking strategy on the show. We're just going through that cubicle row right now. <laughs> Put that on the movie posters poster. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work in front of a cubicle ever. Hey, uh, Meryl, uh, you've been doing some cool stuff over there on Twitch. It was nice. I got to hang out with you uh, once and, and watch did, a movie you did. with we you. We watched Red Dawn. Yeah. Yeah, you that, was, that was fun. Um, yeah, so twitch.tv slash Bar is my new project, and we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. We'll see. I'm 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 still kind of figuring the whole thing out. Um, uh, you know, I'm drinking on the stream uh, a lot, and you can if you tip me, I will drink more. Uh, that doesn't happen all the time because my liver needs a break. Um, <laughs> but but, uh, but the good yeah, news I'm is, tr- if it happens enough, you can afford a new liver. But here's here's the thing. So basically, I'm trying to figure it out. It's a big it's a big experiment. Come hang out with me and also go to twitter.com slash Meryl Barr, M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R, and that's where you can keep up to date with me on a daily basis. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash nightattack. Also, diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you again next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children no not my wife i know what you're saying i love our five dollar patrons these are the people that keep us live and independent thank you so much five dollar patrons you know what i love them more than not life itself because then i'd be dead and i couldn't appreciate them but really 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 close and i'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen thank you so much to all of our five dollar a month patrons you guys are wizards you're champions you're heroes Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>